welcome to Black Light Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Black Light Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Sponsored by Emancipate NC. Black Light. Black Light, what is welcome to a whole other show of the Black Light Mass Incarceration Show. Friday edition. You already know how we do. We get the coffee. And you know we whip it up. I like to eat these little two sugars, little two pieces of black. Dang. Black you ain't tell me once again. Uh, you just be leaving me out of the whole coffee rendition. I didn't even make it yet, though, babe. I oh. didn't even make it yet. Oh, okay. I'm telling the people so they can get their cups together. I'm oh, telling okay. the people so they can get their cups together, get their little pack of cigarettes, because sometimes I like to sit a smoke a cigarette while I'm drinking coffee. It is wonderful sensation. But, hey, everybody can't do the same thing. Hey, but that's what I'm saying. I'm telling the people. So once you get your little cup, Okay, you hold it down while I go make mine, okay? Y'all listen to Mr. Cobb. Yeah, black and white. November, will you November 17th? You mean December 1st? I definitely mean December 1st. Oh, okay. Thank you for the correction there, but... You're welcome. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. The 17th of... It'll be all right. So what it means I'll, is, I'll from what I heard, is if you're SRG, you get five extra points. Definitely does mean that. that which is a good thing. Because they need to get those points down in order to start getting the level. Because by policy, in all actual fact, there's every year that you go without a write up, your level goes to drop. And the SCG officer, where SCG started in Texas, is supposed to drop your level. But they have not been doing that. If you hold a job for six months and no write up in a year. Your 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 shit your stuff supposed to drop all the way down to watch because you got associate. Well, you got no no no. My bad. It's supposed to drop down to associate. You got watch. It goes from watch to associate to one, two, and three. They're doing it. And mad people have been writing up grievances and grievances and grievances. I actually have a write-up right now. I was supposed to discuss with my wife about, man, somebody told me to ask her questions and stuff like that, man. But uh, I, have one, I have a live one right now, man, about a person that got messed up. Like, like talking about blisters and everything. This guy got beat up by the police. And, oh, he sprained his ankle. And was given a eighth bandage and told to uh, wrap it up. And uh, he said he told him that he couldn't feel his bones uh, moving around. He said he could feel his bones moving around. He said that they wouldn't do nothing about it. And then when he finally got seen, man, got to find out it was a whole bunch of ligaments broken and stuff like that going. They gave him a cone, I gave him a cane and told him to deal with it that way instead of want to give him the proper treatment. Right now, so you know, have to pull the previous papers out, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, short claim all the way. That's why I try to tell y'all, folks, we need to stick together, man. 
Mississippi men that y'all can go ahead and put up on us men that are here at the Black Light Master Corporation show. The Care Bears got a jumping. We definitely are an advocating entity. We definitely care about the people in the community and mass incarceration. Because we are the thinkers and creators behind the Black Light Master Corporation show, man. We, we are the ones that created me and my wife. Thinking about how can we get a platform to help these people inside of prison, man. It's just, they ain't got no story to tell. They've been needing, they've been needing to tell their stories for so long because social media has been telling their story. And they ain't had no time to tell theirs. So that's what we came <laughs> And we're like, yo, <coughs> hey, mm-hmm. come tell your story. Because we're going to listen and we're going to help make sure that we can get somebody to help you if possible, on your situation. You know, that's the reason why we started. I mean, we looked at me and my situation when we tried to get help, but along the way, it's me trying, hey, why not help the people too? It ain't just about me. I ain't the only one suffering either. So I can't be selfish and just be like, hey, I'm just going to do this for me. I got to do this for me and everybody else that's naturally incarcerated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so this is a safe space. You made a safe space. Right. This is definitely a safe space. And if you ever, man, if you ever, I'm just, if you need to write, man, write a letter, man, write that, write it, man. Do not think about killing yourself. You are wonderful, wonderful human being. And you probably got so many amazing factors that you do not even know that you got, man. And you can share those with somebody. Somebody can benefit from your talents, from your wisdom, from your knowledge, from your life, especially from your love. Yeah, so we read letters. Before you think about it. Even yeah. if you don't want to be... If you're thinking about it. Yeah, if you don't want to be... If you don't want your voice heard because you're scared of retaliation or whatever, you can always write us and just look up Emancipate's website and send it to me. We have our address on there and I'll be glad to read your story on the Black Light to the audience. If you don't feel comfortable coming on live, yeah, this, this, what I'm just saying, we are advocates. I mean, we can, we, we really do, we do life coaching. We do a lot of, we, we are. I'm a mentor, man. I'm a peer supporter. And there's a lot of suicides been going on. That's just why I'm saying what I'm saying. If, if y'all gotta reach out and talk to somebody who, because we don't know you, don't mean we ain't gonna listen to you. Write us. You know who I am, Jeffrey Bernard Cobb. You can reach me at the same address, bro. Same, same email address. I'm there. I'm telling you, whatever you see there, I'm telling you, I'm late to it. I'm in here. So you can't hit me. I'm a listen. And I'll write you back. Because I'm incarcerated too. So I'm going to write you back. See, if my wife is in the city. All my write letters, man. I don't mind writing. None of y'all, none of our fans, none of this. Y'all, I don't even call y'all fans, man. Our family. We call y'all I black call light y'all, family. Y'all family. This is black <clears throat> light family, man. What are you talking about? We kicking, we boxing. Y'all still ain't telling me how y'all drink y'all coffee. Y'all drink my coffee. Jet black. And dark. Oh. Black at one time, honey. Well, I was, I was a black drinker. Yeah. But hey, I started swiveling with the little pink sugars and they started tasting pretty good. And I, I like to hook it up now. Yeah, you put a little cream in there now because you weren't putting nothing in there. Yeah, I like to hook it up. I like to explore the taste of the, the, the cinnamon or the, or the, oh, man, I do like that birthday cake. And I like French vanilla cream. And I also like, it was another, oh, that caramel. Man, oh, man, I love it. It tastes so good. I like cappuccinos and frappuccinos. I just like to try different stuff. Coffee. So, y'all, I'm going to give you a little breakdown. We're probably going to take a break during the holidays. Probably guaranteed we will drop this episode on Thursday. But come Christmas time, we might take a break. So, we have over 50-some episodes for you to listen to during your holiday break. If you're new to this channel or new to this podcast, you got 50-some episodes to listen to. And we will be back next year better than ever. We are working on some new ways to stay engaged. We have a YouTube page, which 
is becoming popular. We will do lives on YouTube, which I actually have a live coming up at the end of this month, November, with a mitigation specialist to talk to y'all about the importance of mitigation. But if you want to interact, of course, you can hop on YouTube and it'll be posted when the live is going to come up and what time. And you definitely can hop on in and interact with me and the guests that will be on. Write us. I'm on social media. I'm on all platforms of social media. So you can always reach out to me on social media. But yeah, we're just trying to figure out ways to keep y'all engaged, to keep in contact with y'all. And if you have ideas, we love to hear them, share them with us. Yeah, we just, we thank y'all so much for, we've been going a year now officially, and we appreciate all of the love and support. And I can't say that enough because it's, it's nationwide. It's not just the United States. We have followers in the Philippines, in Australia, in Germany, in Canada. Thank all of y'all. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I definitely appreciate y'all. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for y'all. I would be if I wasn't in prison, to be honest. But y'all give me my motivation for real because I was, I was amazed one time. I was amazed one time. I heard it like your wife was like, "Yo, babe, he listened to us over at Rhode Island," and and I'm like, "What?" She was, yeah, she's like single for it. I'm like single. I'm like, what? Some people. I'm like they selling us. Yeah. So I definitely, I gotta keep going. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, yo, we're selling with y'all saying, so I definitely got to keep going. So, yeah, y'all, I'm not telling you a lot. I'm motivated. And then it's helping me. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that people understand where I'm coming from and what I'm going through. So I use that as me. Like, I'm trying to show love to y'all. And y'all need to stop being selfish. So I reach it out. Maybe we got y'all like y'all ain't got no telephone. Yes, hey, I know y'all got one because everybody got one. Everybody got a touch screen. Y'all like y'all ain't got nothing. Like y'all know how to email somebody. Like y'all ain't got no email. Like y'all ain't have to open up a account with an email address. We know you got an email address. So use it. Black Mike got an email. We got a we got our own personal email. We got Black Mike email. We got email with email support who we link with. So it doesn't matter. There's no excuse of way how you cannot interact. And I'm on social so media, so you can reach out on yeah. social media. We got to do this because we got stuff we got to do. We got to help change this environment. Because these phone calls are expensive. Incarceration life is expensive. Not only do they slave y'all, but they slave the families as well. I'm glad some states are making the phone calls free. I've just seen when Massachusetts are making theirs free. We definitely need some help down here in the South. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I think it could be done besides just legislation. I think that we could possibly do it with talking to DAC. I have mentioned to them about the length of the phone calls to make them longer because you have different states like Virginia. I think they give you 20 minutes per phone call. South Carolina gives you a 60, 60 whole minutes. Some parts of California give you 30 minutes. Even some of the jails give you 30 minutes per phone call. So I have suggested that we start making the phone calls a little longer, especially now that they have tablets, so everybody's able to use the phone, so there won't be a bunch of fighting over the phone. I think that's extremely important because it's hard to get everything out in 15 minutes. And just imagine, like I tallied up how much money I didn't spend and it has been over thousands and thousands of dollars just with the phone alone. That's not including text behind. That's not including the tablet services on my end and his end. That's not including the fees and then the fees for canteen. And then of course that outrageous union supply that I wish they would get rid of that is not healthy at all. Like I wouldn't mind paying Decent prices for decent food. If my loved one's going to get decent food that I know will make them healthier, not make them sicker, I wouldn't mind. But I do have a problem with paying with a paying for a bunch of processed food that is going in their bodies, making them sick, and then when they go to medical, they're they're neglected. Like it doesn't even make sense to even continue to allow Union Supply and Airmark and all them other places 
to sell our loved ones that garbage that we are paying inflated prices for. That's why a lot of people in prison are sick. That's why a lot of people in prison have cancer. You know what I'm saying? That's why they have diabetes and heart failure and wheelchairs because they want to continue to feed them a bunch of junk instead of feeding them whole foods. That would also help with mental health issues as well because what you put in your body has a lot to do with your mental health, has a lot to do with your mood, has a lot to do with how your organs are functioning. Yeah, yeah hop on definitely in. Definitely that. Maybe the issue, if your organs ain't working, thinking will be misguided. It will start sending the brain all signals, wrong information, and it will cause your thinking to be disrupted. Which keeps you in flight or flight mode. Right. And that's why you have a lot of people acting out. Right. People that's incarcerated is in constant flight or flight mode. Here in America, because in other countries, like, it's not as bad. You know what I'm saying? Because they actually have decent living space. They don't live like they're in a warehouse or in some concentration camp. Like, they actually have privacy. That's another thing. You have privacy unless you are in closed custody and you're locked in a cell. And who wants to be locked in a cell 23 hours a day? I'm just saying. It's no privacy here at all. So yeah, that's only here in America. Well, that you I, have got that my issue. Private, I got privacy now. I'm in the cell. Yeah, but you still have to wait for them to click that door. <laughs> yeah, I gotta wait for them to when I press my button. I got a button. When I press it, I gotta wait for them to open it. Yeah. My, my light, the light of light up, it made the booth where they are with my number I I pop my goddamn door because I know my time will as I can come out. If you press that button repeatedly, or then they gotta come in here to see what the fuck wrong with you because you could be emergency or whatever. Well, watch your mouth. You know this is a clean podcast. My bad. Yeah, we don't know if we got. We all grown. I, under, yeah, I understand. Yeah, well, you said GD and you said the F word, but we don't know what population is listening. What if you're, what if somebody like Mama and, Moore oh, was yeah. listening? We don't, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're just being respectful oh. and all this. Yeah, because we don't know. We got grandmas, grandpas, you know, we got to be respectful. You know, I everybody. Know I'm just saying. Yeah, I did. Because Mama Moore, she listening. Boo, she listening. She hear us. She see us. Dang. Yeah. You right, though. It's flipped up. I'm human, y'all. Y'all know where I'm from. I'm from a civilized home, but I was raised through the neighborhood. Projects on in including below poverty. Incarcerated right now. People that's incarcerated is considered below poverty. Poverty is meaning poor, poor. Y'all would call it here economically speaking. A poor city, a poor community. So let me ask you this, now that you brought that up, because I don't know if y'all been watching this Young Thug trial. A lot of y'all probably haven't. If you don't know who Young Thug is, he's Jeffrey Williams. He's part of YSL. Anyway, and they, they had experts up there testifying about gangs. And I... I see things from a bigger picture because I understand that a lot of Harvish communities are left to deal with gangs and they're left to deal with drug dealing. And some people can't rise above that. And if you know your history, gangs came from um, basically a neighborhood organization that was taking care of their neighborhood from white supremacy or anything of that nature. And so they were basically giving back to their communities. But we also got to understand that drugs were brought into communities by the government. This wasn't just something that somebody just stole. Let me go sell drugs. It was brought into our community. Do you feel like 
people can rise above that or some people just can't. What are your feelings and views on that? Because some people just feel like, oh, I went, I, my older parents or my older siblings wouldn't let me be involved in gangs. I played sports and I did this. And if I did it, then you can do it. I feel like that, and that's from within the family or just friends. That's just how a lot of community members look. Like, of course, law enforcement looks at it like, oh, I'm I'm a law enforcement officer. I went to school. I I played sports. I, I wasn't involved in people who were involved in guns and drugs and, and things of that nature. So it's like more of a bias. In my opinion, it's a biased opinion instead of looking at the full picture to try to understand the environment that person came from. Some people can't rise above poverty because America has made to where a lot of people can't rise above poverty. A lot of, even still, a lot of black people... This call is from the North Carolina Correctional Facility. ...don't get paid what they should. We see that in the industry, like when it comes to white and black actresses. Black actresses don't get paid when it comes to sports. Like the women don't get paid like the men do. Right? Huh? That would be discrimination, right? I don't know if it's more discrimination or just a biased opinion. It could be both. When you think about it, you representing a law enforcement to protect the citizens of the community. If you're going to make a decision, your decisions can't be biased. They will have to be equal. Because it will have to be based for the citizens, which is the whole. Once you make that one decision, it's for all those accounted for You gotta remember where police came from. Like they came from the slave patrol, so they oh, gotta they be. Were sl- they were fucking slave catchers, babe. Yeah, they were slave catchers. That's why. Yeah, they were slave catchers. That's why you had to understand that bounty hunter shit came in. That's why old buddy, you remember old Django, the bounty hunter? Yeah. He ended up fucking. He bought, he, he bought and then fucked him around and turned around. Watch your mouth. Came around. <laughs> Dang, no, shut up. You can't catch it, baby. You, you can. Catch it. Sir, you've done plenty of no, shows. You, yes. You're going to let them know that it happened. Because uh, I hear it. Uh, you let it fly too much tonight, you sir. You can't catch it because you're going to... You're going to bring it teaching because when we can go back and review and she do the audio, she could, could have just dubbed it out when I said it. You wouldn't have never, not, you know, pointed out, she could have just dubbed it out. She could have nutted that little, as I was talking, she could have nutted out. But you done brought, you done brought attention to it. I mean, uh, I let the first one slide, but it just kept coming out. And I'm like, yeah, sir. You can't, you can't make the, you can't let the, really, you, you really, honestly, it's not a violation, and we and they can't cut they can't cut the show for it. That's not the point. It's, it's, it's not the point. It's the point of being respectful to all listeners. Some listeners don't want to hear a bunch of cursing. I can understand that. It's just about being respectful about oh, yes, listening. Well, for those who listen, that doesn't curse. Y'all listen. He is. He just knows. He, he is. He's a cursor. Like he's a cursor, but he knows how to conduct himself. In moments where he doesn't need to curse. But tonight, I don't know what's going on. So excuse it, y'all. Ex- excuse it. You know what? I've been done it before in other shows. So listen to them. We got 50 shows. Listen to one of them. I bet you I done flipped up and said a cuss word in one of those. And we still got y'all listening. You know why y'all still listen? And you know why I know it's not that big of a deal? Because I know how y'all know y'all be messing with us. Because what we say is real. And how we talk, we don't face the phone. I don't face like I'm all honky donkey and none of that. Y'all deal with us because we come real and I don't pretend. I do cut, but y'all know I'm on some professional stuff too. I do do what I do. I ain't doing no low down dirty stuff because I'm over here on the radio with you. So as a person, I know y'all see me as a person. Y'all don't see me as a person. Just an image. 
We don't don't use those words either, sir. (laughs) Just as impacted people, we don't use those words. I do be comfortable with with cancer. (laughs) I do be comfortable when I'm talking to y'all because I feel comfortable to can talk and chill, but she make it seem like I just said a thousand cuss words and I didn't. I I didn't say that. I just oh, said you said more than normal. Don't be trying to don't don't be trying to act like that in front of the, the audience of the family. Don't do that. See, this is what y'all get. We letting y'all in on some vulnerability because this is how we are. He said on a daily basis we argue. Uh oh, I ain't arguing no No, we no but this is how we talk. This is how we converse back and forth. So we are we're letting y'all in on our relationship and our vulnerability because this is how much we love y'all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we love each other like crazy. We do. But back to what I was saying. You love me so much. Oh, here you go. <laughs> you advocate for me. And I love you so much that I just want to heal all your little wounds. Oh, that was too sweet, babe. But don't let her fool y'all. Don't let her fool y'all. Oh, I'm a lion. So if you've seen any... Is in love for me. I am, but I'm, I'm a lion. Okay, I, I do. I turn up. That's why if you ever seen any of my lives, you will see lions in the back because that's me. That, that's who I am. That just been on my mind heavy because I was listening to the pretrial motions of that trial and listening to what they call a gang officer, retired gang officer, whatever you want to call himself. And he was a black guy. And he was just basically, in my opinion, saying how we used to watch Juice younger and not knowing that that was introducing us into gangs, into the gang culture. And we thought it was just a movie, which true, but I know a lot of people who watch Juice and didn't didn't go join any gangs. So I don't necessarily feel like that was a good comparison. I feel, and I also heard him say, because one of the prosecutors asked, they was like, have you ever been involved in gangs? And he was like, no, my, my younger, my older siblings wouldn't allow me to be involved in gangs. I played sports. I wanted to play sports. And that's cool. That's fine. But you have some family members, you have some kids who are not even into sports. You have some family members who is just a one single parent household and they're not able to work and take the child to practice and attend the games. They don't have family support to help them be able to take their child to games or even get them into sports because it costs money to get your children in sports. It's not like you just put your child in sports and they don't need equipment. So that kind of bothered me because I felt like he was condemning Other people who have had a different lifestyle, who didn't grow up with siblings, who kept them out of trouble, or parents that really instilled certain values into their children, or really put time put time into their children. And y'all, you have to look. You have to look at the bigger picture. You can't just judge people by what you have to look at it from a different perspective and be like, okay, if I was in those shoes, um, how would I respond? A lot of people are a product of their environment and a lot of people can't get out of their environment because they can't get livable wages. They can't get a job that pays them enough. And granted, you have some people who are able to do that, but there's some people who aren't. I don't care how much education they have. They still get underpaid because their counterparts make more than them because they're a different color. Let's just be real here. That bothered me a lot to hear him say that. But I'm not I'm not surprised. He's a police officer or a retired police officer, whatever you want to call it. I think he said he was a retired gang detective or whatever, investigator. But that that just bothered me a lot. He was just talking down on people who have 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 had to be a product of their environment, who wasn't able to rise above the poverty of their community, being in the projects and and things of that nature. Yeah, but I was just talking to the audience about when I was listening to that gang expert testify. He was he used an example about Juice, how we used to watch Juice and Boys in the Hood and saying that that was exposing us to gang mentality and gang activity. And I'm like, I know a lot of people who watch Boys in the Hood and Juice and they ain't join no gangs. To me, that was just... 
I don't feel like that should have been something you should have compared it to. Like all black people who watch hood movies are going to be involved in gangs. No. You're stereotyping. But we also got to remember that gangs had a lot of control back in the day. Like back in the day, they had rules. But what y'all do? Y'all start locking up all the old school gang members. And then you got these kids running around. And every generation is different. So you had a different generation come in and start running, and that's when everything just got haywire. But I remember when... They implemented separation. In my era, it was, uh, it was more unified. Games were more unified than today. Today, games are not unified because they're, come, they, they're, they're moving in their own set and breaking their... They chopping their set down, making more set. So they just, it's really not, everybody's starting to go independent now. Everybody's just going independent, getting under, getting under shit, under other people, and they just going, breathing. Back in my time, it was all about really the whole neighborhood. So if that neighborhood, that neighborhood over there, we might come together, the big bros might come together, and everybody's from different neighborhoods, but they're going to do it for the community, you know. But people, we're going to put all our shit in, all our stuff in together, apologize. Put all our stuff in together and then do something for the people. Have a big cookout at the basketball court and play ball. And all the people that was homeless and stuff like that, we made enough stuff for everybody to eat from that neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And made sure the kids went to school. And made sure the kids went to school. Definitely made sure the kids went to school. Definitely that. You couldn't even be. As a matter of fact, you couldn't even be part of the organization unless you were getting education, unless you were going to school. That's an obligation, no doubt. That's real. Yeah. Gang, a lot of the gangs came from the Black Panther grabbing all the all the old G homies and that's when everything just went haywire because these kids no longer had no direction. They no longer had any rules that they had to abide by and they started coming up with their own. Hey, Black Light family, just another quick reminder to reach out to your commissioners and your secretaries of your DOCs, DACs, Department of Corrections, Department of Adult Corrections, to demand and request, if you don't have one, an oversight board for the prison or some type of accountability for staff. I am going to be pushing the accountability and the change of culture in the prisons really hard. And I need for y'all to help me push this not only in North Carolina, but in United States, period, especially the states that don't have an oversight board or have any type of accountability plans for their staff because you know as abolitionists we all want prisons to be abolished as soon as possible but we know that in reality we have a long way to go before we get there but in the meantime what we can do is demand and push to have a more humane and dignity environment and culture inside of the prisons just like they do in Norway and the only way to get those things is to demand those things and bring to the table to your commissioner and your secretary that you want to work with them as community activists and advocates and community members and formerly incarcerated and people that are incarcerated to work with them to help them be able to bring a better culture and a better way that staff can communicate with those incarcerated so there's support on both ends and that people are not looked at like oh well you know, you are an incarcerated lover or the foolishness that they teach them in training. So we have to reimagine what a compassionate, empathetic environment in prison can look like. And it's possible because it's been done in Norway and there's no reason why America can't follow suit. So we have to, as community members, activists, abolitionists, social justice reformists, whatever you want to call yourself, push for those things but we also have to bring them to the table we all have to have a seat at this table because it's not just going to take the prison but it's also going to take the community members the advocates the activists the abolitionists the social justice reformists 
the formerly incarcerated, the now incarcerated to bring ideas to them because they might not have ideas being the fact that they have just been so cultivated into this me versus them type of environment that they do in America. So y'all reach out, reach out to your secretary, your commissioner, and ask them how you can come to the table and how you can have a meeting and really sit down and discuss meaningful initiative policies that can make a better environment for not only the incarcerated, but the staff, because the staff suffers as well. And so it's very important that we do this and we can do this together, y'all. So please, if you're in North Carolina, you know, you reach out to Todd Ishi, um, you reach out to Brandy Harris, you reach out to the chief secretaries, which are under Todd Ishi, any of the higher ups in DAC to see how we can all come to the table and make it better. And you can do that in your state as well. And we also can do it, you know, if you're from North Carolina, you can do the same thing in Georgia and you can do the same thing in Florida. And you're from, if you're from Florida and Georgia, you can come to North Carolina and do the same thing. All it takes is a call, an email coming up to the state to figure out how we all together can make a better environment for our loved ones that are incarcerated. Until the next time, y'all take care. Too, like they the government issue that affliction. Yeah. They if they if they inflicted drugs. They when when gangs started, you gotta understand bishops were were before gangs. Mafia. Mafia, bishops, and then you got gangsters. Then you got crip blood. You were gangster before you was a crip or a blood. That's why you got gangster in a lot of people's sex, neighborhood sex. But before that, it was bishops. Bishops were like mafia. Mafia, look, look, they was rocking gray flags back then. But they were more, it was more Italian oriented. But before then, you had the Italian movement, Luciano's, and stuff like that. And really, that initiated over here in America. That's really how that gangster mentality, phrase concept came. Because us as black people, we was not even on no gangster mentality, especially in the East. Because East is derived off of the Black Panther founding father. West, no, because they were actually the the members of the Panthers, including other guys that was in the neighborhood, and they just left the Panthers and started they started jumping in the movement with the game to make it a hood. Mm-hmm. Some came crip and some came blood. You know what I'm saying? But Pyrus were before that. Before it even for either either one, this is now. That's what I'm saying. Now we talking about root ethnic. It was really every blood crib was really the neighborhood. Today, no, it's not whole. It's separated in its own divisions. Crips is beefing with crips and exiting out crips. Bloods is beefing with bloods and exiting out bloods. The person that started the beef the whole time wasn't the crip or blood. It was the government. The government killed the blood and said that the crip did it. it started. The CIA created the game. The government did this. It tore our communities up. They put drugs in it and gave more guns. They gave, they gave us more guns and access to guns. And drugs. And drugs. Yep. So those are the two main auxiliaries to lock down a community. That means that somebody's going to kill somebody to take over this whole block right here yep. just to make some money off for that joint. And now I call separation. Yep. I call confliction in the own community. And now this is, this is, this is our business. Now we go over there and clean. This call is from a North Carolina. We go, we go arrest them, throw them in jail, 
get double paid, confiscate all the drugs they got in there, take all that money they got in there, and then guess what? Put in the evidence from and put the drugs back on the street so we can catch another one. Yeah. Like that facts. Just double, triple amount of money. Double, triple amount. And I just ran last night in the ineffective council book by Kelly that it's $800 billion a year that they make off the prison industry. $800 billion. The word that I don't even believe that America about no debt. That's just the most felonious stuff of a false presentation that I have ever seen because when you make $800 billion a year <clears throat> from a prison industry, two years, you have, that's eight plus eight is 16. You got over a trillion dollars right there. You got over $1.16 trillion, trillion dollars right there in two years. Five years is like way like is America in debt a trillion dollars trillion dollars of debt. Two years, you could that a president that got elected and his term is four years. His term is a four year term in, in the presidential seat. If we was in debt two years of me being in the office in the office as president, I'll be in some way I still be talking about America's debt because I'd be getting one one point one point seventeen trillion dollars in two years. So the one point five trillion dollars that America's in debt I could fully pay that off and still got extra too and, and still got extra to wave around and put on a whole nother bill for some, some other kind of funding. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's below me about America's debt. It's an illusion to have the people on these campaigns running after these these I ain't even I got I caught myself, babe. I caught myself, babe. <laughs> Good job, babe. I was about to die about this. I'll find again, man. But right after these candidates, man, that's why they love our show because they're so authentic. They don't need to hide that. You know what I'm saying? Mm, what's, what is there to hide? What's there to be faking phony about? This is who we are. <laughs> but everybody doesn't really want to wake up like they really depend. That's what I'm saying. I had to, I had to give my brother a little credit one day, man, because he, he, he shot a little wisdom to me. We were talking about thinking around Bill Clinton's time. And, uh, I said, man, what's up with these Republicans and Democrats, man, what is that, man? What, what else does that mean, man? I'm young, man. Man, look, all I know is my dad told me if you Democrat, he said if if you poor, you gonna want it to you gonna want it depend on the Democrat. If you poor, if you Republican, then you more of a of a of a, of a, of a owner person that like the own. You know what I'm saying? I own a land, basically a landowner. He said, that's why, he said, that's the best way I can describe it to you. Ten years later, I remember that quote in my head, and it died on me. And I said, dang, the government, the Democrats do produce, do push for government assistance. That's one of their main goals and focuses about government assistance. The DSS department, how they control and all that. And then all Democrats are really loyal. So most of these decisions are coming through a lawyer's perspective. So that's why they always talk about equal justice. We want to do law. We want to do equality. That's why the Democrats push it on that level because they're talking about the law in every way. So, of course, gay rights, Obama was going to be behind. Because it's a Democratic view of equal rights of a United citizen. I think, honestly, because if you know your history, Democrats came from the Dixiecrats who were still racist Republicans. They basically just didn't agree with the Republicans of that nature and split off. I think really it was just, if you think about it, the government is a gang. The definition of a gang is three or more group of people together, okay? So technically, Democrats and Republicans are gang. Yeah, organizations. So technically, they're gangs. So technically, I just felt like it was an illusion for them to be like, oh, we're really about the people. But if you really look at some of them bills, 
they're not there. A lot of them bills wasn't for the people. Like they might have had some stuff in there that was for the people, but everything was not for the people. And so that's how the Democrats oh. won people over. It was basically remaining. to still put a division. Okay, I vote Republican. You know, I vote Democrat. Though, for them to be Democrat or Republican, they have to be sworn in. It's a game. You got to take an oath. It's still a division tactic. It's still a division yeah, tactic to divide the, the community and the country. We should all be making the decisions about us. Of course. If you're supposed to be helping us, you're supposed to be having a town hall meeting for us to have a decision about what we're going to do for us. That's all. But it's not about us at all. It's about them and what they want and they their are. agenda, whether you're Democrat yeah, or Republican. Because this is their law and world, and we're in it. Factual. Yeah. Everybody got their own views about politics. But I just look at the full picture. Me, polit- politics are just to divide the the country even more and for us not to be unified as people it's not it's not it's not unity and it will never be unity until us people understand that these people are we're basically like puppets to these people you know what i'm saying they come to us they be like oh and they they come to you and they speak to you about issues that are near and dear to your heart But as we all have known and seen over and over and over, those issues are never the forefront issues. It's always their issues that they want to take care of first. It's always things that they care about. And then the things that the people care about comes, even if they come. And when they do come, it's still stipulations on it. I don't know. I just, I don't even know. I really don't because everybody's got their own view when it comes to politics and how politics run. But I, like I said, I'm always a person who looks at the bigger picture of everything. I don't just look at the small frame. I look at the huge frame and I just feel like it's just a division tactic because if these politicians were, had our best interests at heart, America would never be in the situations that we've been in, that we are currently in now today there's a lot of corruption going on. They don't follow the lands of the laws. They don't care anything about the people and what the people want and need when we're the ones electing them into office. I don't know, y'all. I think it's just time for something different, but it takes the whole mass of people to understand that and to demand that and to know that. Okay, time. I just said that, Boston. It's not <laughs> going to take time because it's already happened. People right. are waking up. And now things are starting to get stuff starting to come out more bluntly. We used to stuff a lot of stuff used to be swept under the rug, but technology won't let you sweep nothing under the rug anymore. What you do in the dark will come to light. I don't care how long yeah. it takes to come to light, it's coming. <laughs> Somebody just press and record on that phone and they video it because they about to put that on TikTok, YouTube, something, and they trying to get paid from TMZ. Somebody always watching. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? So, you cross somebody's bad side, like, honey. They sure going to expose you. Quick, fast, they and They're going to come get you, boy. They're going to expose Damn. you. I want to say a shout out to all the brothers and sisters that are, that's, are, that's married behind the wall. And, and y'all maintain it. For y'all to keep going. I don't know how long y'all been together. Five, ten years, three years, four years, seven years. Anything over a year. I give you a shout out, man. Y'all doing it, man. Big up for the married couple that's maintaining a marriage in this pandemic because it's still a pandemic. Because <laughs> inflation still making a pandemic. In this pandemic, shout out to all the ones that's maintaining and keeping level head about being a teammate. It's all about being a teammate, man. Especially when it comes to detrimental situations like this. So if y'all two can come together as one spirit, man, and maintain your marriage while your mate, your loved one, is incorporated, big us, man. And good things is going to happen for the both of y'all. Y'all continue to grow with each other spiritually, man. And y'all continue to put up your communication. And y'all, and y'all come up with different methods and y'all start to shine so much that y'all... It's helping other people as well keep up the good work. 
Keep up the good work, because that means God is in your life. And you're doing major things. You're doing big things, man. Big things. And when you got that going on, it ain't nothing that you can't do or conquer. All you're going to want to do is feel that feeling of goodness, grace, good. God, man, it's, life is amazing. And it only can be amazing when you had an amazing person with you. So that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I also give another shout-out to my wife, man, because my wife has held us down since day one. So I give a shout-out to my wife. Thank you for all the stuff that you've done. And I love you so much. I appreciate you, Black Light listeners, for another Friday night edition of the Black Light Mass Incarceration Show, man. Hey, we like to keep it real, man. And I gave y'all over an hour of the Black Light Mass Incarceration Show on a Friday night edition, man. Because I know y'all needed something to do, man. Coming home from work all day, hearing all them people in my body. I know y'all needed to chill and relax, man. So, you know, I was here to share it with you. I'm always here to listen, man. I'm always here to listen. Me and my wife, man. The Jeff and Sierra show, man. Black Light Mass Incarceration Show, man. We've been going for a year now, man. So, yeah, man, any lawyers, man, that got good time, man, please email the show, man. Email and see if I can set you up as on the show so I can have the people call in and ask for some legal advice, man. Because it's always good for the people so we can navigate through this stuff. So if I've got any volunteers, this lawyer, any volunteer lawyers that want to come up and give openly free legal advice, please get in contact, man, because I'm going to air you, man. I'm going to put you there so you can help the other people, too, if you're looking for some help. You do your know, community and service, man. And uh, hit, hit us up, man. Any people that try to partnership with nonprofit organizations, the Care Bear Foundation, the owners, me and my wife, Sierra and Jeffrey Cobb, and we believe in mental health, advancing it, uplifting it, growing it, autism. We just want to make sure that your mental is great so that you can have the best, healthy life ever possible. Especially my brothers and sisters that have got attacked and had trauma. Emotionally, physically, childhood trauma, all types. We are here to help you so you can self-regulate. We're going to teach you the truth of that in our program called Step by Fourth. Step by fourth, it's a it's a workshop, man. It's a self-regulated workshop with yoga and meditation added with the classroom. And we definitely have acting and art and fun, tons of other stuff that you will enjoy. So keep that in mind. You we have any uh, other organization, nonprofit, mental health, nonprofit organizations that want to come and partner with us about holistic mental health. We all about the word holistic. Anything natural and spiritual, man, we are on a full 100%. So keep that word in your head, holistic. We are a mental, holistic mental health nonprofit organization. And we also do the legal. We're doing legal consultation. And when I say legal consultation, we are advocating. We are, we going to consult what matters if we can help you and we know other people that can help you. We're going to reach out for you to help you. So we just consult this man. We are called a resource. So yeah, we do legal resources. That's what we also do on the nonprofit for the campus. We also look for seed money. We need seed money so we can see you this service. If any, we got anybody that's angel ladies out there, just hop on. Reach out to us. Man, look, look up our website, the Care um, the Foundation, man. Look up our website and see what we got going on, man. We need some donations, some seed money so we can get started with a lot of stuff so we can hire some of the staff, some of the work, and we need a larger workspace, too. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, not, trying to turn my kitchen, man, to a, back to a kitchen and take the office out of the kitchen and you yeah, know what I'm talking about, brother. But... Uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all help me out. Listen, y'all help me out. Come and, and what I'm saying, trying to say, say to you, because we're trying to keep a positive thing going on, and I'm trying to change the culture of prison, especially in the inside. I want to change the culture. My wife, she's crazy a hundred times a day. She's crazy all day. I can't stand it. 
if you want to change the inside the culture of prison so we can start pushing out human beings into society. Right now, we got inmates that they can clarify as that, and we feel like slaves. But when we come out of here, we want to come out feeling like a human being. So pushing, changing the culture of prison, meaning that we want to come out as a human being. That's what changing the culture of prison is. It's making a person feel like a human being again. Instead of a savage, instead of a criminal, instead of a gangster, instead of a rapist, instead of a killer. Instead of a child molester, something has to change for you to be who you need to be. And that is a regular, normal, functional human being. And once again, to look at yourself in the mirror and know that he is somebody instead of a criminal. So that's what we're all about. The Care Bear Foundation, man, we are going to help you uplift your own. So if we have anybody out there that's believing in something that we believe in, please reach out. Email us, get in touch with us, look us up. And see if we can come together and partner and do amazing things. Because eventually, you already know, mental health is a prime factor when it comes to changing the culture of prison and community. So it's not just all about mass incarceration. It's about the people, too. Help us out. Lawyers, uh, psychologists, program managers, we need yoga. We want yoga constructors, meditation guiders. We also need, we also need, we also need mentors. We want uh, motivational speakers. Any, got any uh, volunteers for motivational speakers? We need interns from colleges. If y'all want to come over and do some intern work at the Care Bear Foundation, man, please reach out to us. We're here. We want to give you the hours, man. We want to do anything that can help further your education as well. And we also need to help as well, too. So we can tackle on some of these guys that's inside of incarceration that need our help spiritually, man, and uh, mentally. And we're working on nutrition. So any other nonprofit out there that's working on nutrition as well, you need to reach out to because we're trying to change the, the diet that's inside of prison, the food. We're trying to change all that, man, because we need to get supplements in there. We need to get better vitamins in there. We need to do all that. We can't do that unless we have to help in hand. If you can do that, then God got something for you. Because this is God's order right here, my brothers and sisters. God set this all up. How do you think I'm talking to y'all right now about this? Because God set this plan up. He put it right in the brain, and it produced right out, and guess what? Boo wa woo sha you're still here a year later. Pick it. So you know it's real. You know it's real. I need y'all to pick those phones up. Pick your phones up. And start Googling us. Right now. Google us right now. We need some angel donors. We need some donations, man, to the care Foundation. Right now. Pick your phones up right now. And get in touch with us. Because I want to be with you. Me and my wife, man. I want to, we need it, we need it bad. Because we want to make a change. We want to make a change. I'm tired of seeing the same disruptive action that the government ain't doing squat, diddly, that not even going to cut. Stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about, and y'all know, y'all say it in a hypocrite yourself if y'all want to see it in denial like somebody helping somebody. You know they ain't helping nobody. I'm telling y'all right now, I'm gone, man, because I'm at the end of my cup of coffee, and I got to kick, and I got to pay bills, too, man, or y'all won't be getting no show. So y'all know I'm about to set it down, and I'm going to give y'all some words of advice so y'all can go to sleep on and have a good night, man. I just, my quick thing I want to say real quick is check on your people who have somebody that's incarcerated. This This life is not easy. A lot of us get overlooked like your person's incarcerated. This is something something that you chose. You deal with it. But it's not easy. This is not easy. It will never be easy. There's plenty of days where you just don't know if you can keep going on anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to see your partner suffer. It's hard when you're advocating and you just feel like you're not getting anywhere for your partner. So please check on your people who have people incarcerated because, listen, sometimes I feel like nobody understands what I go through. Sometimes I feel like I'm suffering 
silently in a situation that nobody understands unless you're in this situation. So please check on your people, y'all. Make sure they're okay. Just ask them, are you okay? Hey, how you doing? Do you want to go get something to eat? And just talk to them because this, this is not easy and a lot of people don't choose to be incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are wrongfully convicted. A lot of people are a product of their environment. And so you just can't never judge somebody while they're incarcerated. And you can't never judge the person for loving somebody that is incarcerated because love has absolutely no location, no limit. And I need for people to understand that because I get that a lot. Why are you with somebody that's incarcerated? Why did you marry somebody that's incarcerated? When you love somebody, you love somebody. And love has no limitations. Always remember that. Love is free. Love is not selfish. Love is not boastful. So never judge somebody for loving somebody that's, <clears throat> that's incarcerated. So please check on your people that have people that's incarcerated, whether you know they're a spouse, whether they're a mom, brother, sister, check on them because it's hard. It's hard on both ends. It's hard on the person that's incarcerated and it's hard on the person that's out there supporting and advocating. Check on your people, man. It's not easy. Mr. Cobb, anything else you want to say to him? No, it's just I love y'all and I appreciate y'all's support. Thanks, y'all, to all our affiliates and uh, and make sure y'all just reach out to us, man, and uh, I'll holler at y'all, man. Thank you for yet. All right, y'all. Until next time, peace, love, be safe, happy holidays, and we'll see y'all later. Bye. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.